We're just going to hope this works. <laughs> All right, you guys. Welcome back for maybe the third or fourth time. Who knows? We're going to uh, we're going to jam it. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work this time, we're just we're going to record our episode and we're going to distribute it to you guys. We'll post because you it deserve some quality as we content. have in the past. That's right. In case you're uh, in case you're just joining us, we've been having some technical issues here right from the get go, man, trying to trying to figure everything out. But, uh, hey, that's what you get for, uh, you know, we're live streaming. We're trying to switch to this. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do it big. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for sticking by us and uh, being here for us, rejoining us. Much appreciated. In case you missed it the first time. <laughs> You're <laughs> going to be an expert at this. the third time. This is the Snapcast Podcast, episode 34. And... We are excited to be here with you today to talk about Magic the Gathering and Magic the Gathering related things. We sure are. We sure are. We. I just saw the message. We got disconnected again. We're just going to jam it. We're just going to yeah. go. We're recording it, man. Um, so, yeah, we are a Magic the Gathering podcast. Brad said it best. And uh, we are for the competitive Magic player with a casual interest in finance. And guess what? We've got some crazy news for you today, man. Th- this is what it is. The internet just doesn't want us to talk about this news. It's true. YouTube is seeing this title and it's like, we got to shut these guys down. We got to shut them down right now. They wouldn't be able to handle the traffic. That's right. That's right. And that is modern air quotes is coming to arena. Feels like it. It really does, man. I remember when it, when arena was launched and people were so upset that, you know, wizards didn't say day one, you could play modern on this thing and it's going to take forever. Yeah. It's not going to take forever. No, it really isn't. So in case in case you guys don't know, they are bringing a whole bunch of, of new cards to uh, to Arena that are, you know, pretty much, you know, a lot of them are, are were in Arena before in Among Cat, but a lot of them are, you know, they're, they're mixing in some modern staples, which is pretty insane. Like, it's pretty insane when you think about it. Like Modern staples like Regal Caracal? Like Regal Caracal. No, dude, I'm talking like Wrath of God. I'm talking like Rest in Peace. I'm talking... Look at that Rest in Peace art. It's so beautiful. Look at that Wrath of God art. I'm talking Collected Company. That is being being brought to Arena. I mean, and even... I mean, I know this this card was in Among Cat, but Soul Scar Mage is coming. It's coming to Arena, man. Like, it's... That's so insane. That's so insane. Yeah, there's our boy. Well, and and what else is on here? Anger of the gods. Let's switch back to this. Oh, my God. Look at this. This is so nuts. So Brad brought up a list here. These are all the cards that they're bringing in. Like, this is all coming to Arena. Right now, so I'm on Goldfish, and I'm using Goldfish's selection set for Amonkit Remastered. And then we've taken it down again to just right now. We're just looking at rares. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. Look at that. Approach of the Second Sun is coming in. And if you guys played Arena when when this set was in, that was actually a thing back in the day. Back in the early days of Arena when, when this set was in it. Approach of the Second Sun was a deck. It was also a deck in Standard at that time too. Yeah. But yeah, man, that's that's going to be interesting to see that in Historic solemnity man yeah well and so these are coming to arena as a draft format and to add these cards to historic which is arena's non-rotating format it's sort of the arena pioneer or arena modern yeah the thing is there are cards being printed into this that are not in pioneer like what i knew you'd ask me that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the uh, pioneer is just what is what set does that start and stop at is it uh return to ravnica return to ravnica wrath of god isn't in there is it nope no, the, the best wrath that you have right now i think in pioneers you've got the five mana white wraths and then a couple of the like bantus mm-hmm. we probably just passed it yeah bantus is right here bantus last reckoning yep that's so dope. But that hurts so bad. God, this is so nuts. Shadow of the Grave. 
That's cool, man. I remember that being a cool card. Return to your hand all cards in your graveyard that you cycled or discarded this turn. Oh my god. Oh yeah, and this and this is putting all of the Amonkhet dual dual land cycling lands into historic. Earthshaker Kenra's coming back. Oh man. Glory bringer, anger of the gods. Thoughtseize, yep. by the way. This is oh, what we're talking yeah. about. Thoughtseize and the, the arts that yeah. they put on these are incredible. Are you seeing this? They're uh they're shifting all of these arts to be like Amon Ket based. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool, man. It makes you wonder if they're just gonna like reprint these cards with these nasty arts, because they're not just gonna keep these arena only, are they? Come on. It'd be a shame. Look at that Thoughtseize. That is a beautiful Thoughtseize. It definitely is. That is a beautiful anger of the gods. God, it really is, dude. Hazaret. People love the Hazarets. Oh, God, those are nasty arts. Love it. Absolutely love it. In case you hear a crying cat in the background today, Brad has has acquired one of those. Cutest little kitten, but man, I thought mine meowed like... Yeah, I thought mine meowed way too much, and holy... That thing let out like at least a 30 second whine. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been here? Uh, you'd think that I was beating it. Jeez. Look at that collected company. Oh, that's so beautiful, dude. And did I see this? Hold up. Hold up. Just scroll over a little bit. Scroll over a little bit. Are you guys seeing this? We're going to have sweltering suns and anger of the gods in historic. Yeah. Red removal. Red board wipes in general are exactly. going to be good. Exactly. Oh, my God. Collected company. Hour of promise. <sighs> How close is historic to having like a Valakut deck without Valakut? Mm. I mean, it's got to be close. Probably as close as Pioneer. I mean, some of the best lands matters cards came in in this set. Like uh, we were just looking at Hour of Promise that that searches up two lands of any type, puts one into the puts them both onto the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Remnant Excavator, the Crucible of World with legs. Yeah. God, this is this is beautiful, man. How much do you think this is gonna shake the format right here? Oh, Psst. ooh, ooh! You guys seeing this? You guys seeing this? I'm obviously talking about Hollow One, <laughs> man. Because I was, that's funny you mentioned that because I was just getting real excited about the card right next to it, Pact of Negation, man. See, so this was this is our theory, man. Like this is our theory. You've heard so many people talking in the past and they're so upset that modern wasn't going to be an arena. And they're like, oh, you know, and then other people are saying you can't bring modern to arena because then, you know, magic online is going to is going to flop or, you know, no one's going to have a reason to play magic online, which is kind of true. But what if Wizards is doing this? What if they're just bringing back just about every staple from modern and they're jamming in an arena? Well, and so this is not. Watsy's first remastered set, but this is the first one for Arena where they've done a couple of historic anthologies that have brought, you know, my my girl Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, to Arena. Yeah. In this set, they basically took the block, the Amonkhet block, Hour of Devastation and, and Amonkhet, took the p- cards that actually got played, threw a few extra in to fill out the draft format, and then threw in cards that were in that set and some cards that weren't in that set, but cards that were in Amonka invocations like Thought Seas and Wrath of God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Were all of these Amonkhet revocation, uh, invocations, like I the Rest so. in Peace? Was that no. there too? No? Like, and Lord of Extinction, that wasn't. Mm-mm. Wow, these cards are nuts, man. All of all of the new arts are outrageous. Wow, um, they are. Uh, I heard somebody else talking about this, but I found it very interesting. They are adding like three different graveyard-focused mechanics into historic with this, because you had the embalm, yeah. you had eternalize, and you had the aftermath cards that played out of your graveyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a heavy uh, heavy graveyard focus on this set, man. Mm. God, Pharaoh's gift. God, oh, that this was is so fun. How are you guys feeling about them bringing all of these nasty cards into uh, into arena? 
You guys liking the fact that they're mixing in some modern worthy cards? I mean, Brad and I were talking over dinner, which, by the way, this guy makes an amazing steak and chicken dinner. I'm just I'm going to stop the stream. Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Why not? We can we can take the recording. Yeah. And and load that up. But yep. Yeah, man, like this is this is just insane i'm so i'm i might have to fire up arena here and you know try to when's the last time you played magic Jeez, man oh god it has to be at least a month now yikes it has to be at least a month like on arena i was i was doing good you remember you remember the time i was like starting up streams and i was trying to grind my way to whatever i could get to i wasn't too yeah. passionate about mythic but like yeah the thing that i hate about grinding every season is just it resets every month like yep. monthly seasons is kind of, uh, I feel like they ought to at least go two, three months, like on a new set release or something for a season. Gosh, the monthly seasons are just too much. Just too much. I, I think it is for somebody that doesn't play it every day. Right. right. If for somebody that plays it every day, having that sort of reset refresh is probably worthwhile. Yeah. And you only get bumped back like one level. Yeah. Oh, it's it's no doubt it's pretty good. I have no idea. And and actually, I thought about that in my on my ride today. When it comes to arena, I'm a casual Magic player. I get on. I look at what my quests are for the day. <laughs> oh, I have to play thirty red. I have to play twenty five red spells and kill a bunch of my opponent's creatures. Great. Give me all the red removal. Right. Throw it in a deck. Yeah. Throw some creatures in there. Hope I win. Or I go to Goldfish and I'm like, okay, what's the newest mono green list? If I have to play 30 creatures and 20 lands and five green spells, I just go find a green deck, <laughs> copy and paste it into Arena. I'm usually like two cards shy. And I either make them or I just replace them with something else that seems like a reasonable. Oh, yeah. I used to have this deck for, you know, for those. Well, I, I do the same thing. I'll, I'll say that first. Like I, I only cared about getting the gold, getting the packs and meeting the challenges yep. just because I knew that I, I was like, I'm never going to grind hard enough to be like high level mythic. I just know I'm not going to do it. So I would only care about just getting the gold, getting the packs, getting, you know, the most value out of playing for that day. I built this deck once called, I called it level down green because I knew that whenever I played it, <laughs> I was going <laughs> to level down. down. <laughs> It was so terrible, but it was only to meet challenges because there were so many green challenges at that time. Like, I feel like every challenge I got had something to do with green. Play this many green spells. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right. Yeah. And so I have, uh, when I boot up Arena, I have goldfish red, goldfish green, goldfish black. Oh. And, and so on there where I have no investment in the cards actually having value, I'm a totally a casual magic player. Mm. Mm. And it's very interesting because I don't think of myself as a casual magic player. Like I devote way too much of my week to thinking about cards and decks and playing the game. Pandemic has been weird, but that aside, it, it definitely consumes a lot of my time. Mm. I would not think of myself as a casual magic player. Yeah, no, I mean, not at all. But I think that really changes. Like if you if you, you know, come to the, the point where you're like, OK, I'm not going to compete heavily on, you know, on Magic Arena. I think at that point we all just turn into casuals, you know, I'm using the scroll wheel here, but it's a little slow. So, dude, we're just we're plowing through some more of these things that are coming to Arena. Look at all these split cards coming back. Cut to ribbons. You guys remember Ooh. that? God, that was one of the best removal spells back in the day. Like this was one of the best removal well, and spells. Just game closer because yeah. it was good early and good late. Yeah, I mean, I remember running a mono red deck that splashed in black just for that card, so that oh, later on funny. you could be like, "All right, yeah, well, I got to finish out the game." Ribbons from the grave, you know, even if it was for four or five damage, like great. That's all you need. Yeah, it was really cool, man. I I, I loved that card. Question is. What if they bring this stuff to like, re like, do you think they'll ever bring these arena formats to like real big events? I did actually earlier today, listen to listening to another podcast and, and they posited this theory that historic is going to be so popular 
because it's what most people can play. The SCG might very well next year, once we can all go to big events, they could have a historic open. Wow. I think, I think it would be just so hard to, for most people to understand what the legal sets are. Cause you can't go by sets. So you asked me earlier, when did pioneer start? Pioneer started at return to Ravnica. Anything that was printed in a standard product from return to Ravnica till now is in pioneer. When did modern start? Eighth edition. Eighth edition forward. Anything that's not banned or has, you know, anything that's not banned that has been printed in a standard set is modern legal. Or a modern master set. Or a modern, well, Modern Horizons is the only one that put new cards into modern. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Like so a, a modern master set, they're all reprints. They're cards that were yeah. already printed in a standard legal set, right? Like a like a set that was introduced, new that specifically introduced cards to the format or standard. Yeah. yeah. So if they, you know, if, if it was in any standard set after eighth edition or modern horizons, then it was, then it's legal in there. Well, and how often do we have players that come into modern events? Really? So legit casuals that come in with their deck in a sandwich bag. And every time you see somebody that comes in with a deck in a sandwich bag, you know, you're going to be telling them, Oh, chain lightning. Isn't modern legal. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Oh man. It happens every time. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Wait, what was the one that I feel like there was one recently in a shop that someone busted it out. And I was like, dude, there's no way that's that's uh, I've seen someone try to bust out a sinkhole in modern before. And it's like, OK, your deck probably won't beat me anyway. Like, but <laughs> but no. at the same time, like you got to rethink this. And, you know, it was like the new reprint, like the new art and everything. So it looked new. It looked like it should be in modern, but uh, it's but it's not. Sorry, bud. Sorry. And, and so when you say, okay, well, what's in historic? F if I know. Like whatever Wizards has decided that they want to put into it. But that gets us, we've come full circle sort of back to the point of this whole cast tonight they keep putting a lot of the choicest cards in pioneer and modern yeah into arena and even if they're only doing it 5 10 12 at a time or 16 with a with a one of those collections that they put on the what the hell are they called yeah i know what you're talking about where they they just re-release one of the older sets or bring one of the older sets in or no, the anthologies, oh, not yeah, the anthologies. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Ah, geez. Anyway, you know, like, where me- they mental and, 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 uh, technological glitches today. Nobody seriously there with us being thrown off, <laughs> but yeah, the historic anthologies. Yeah. So where I got to play Thalia, where I got to play, uh, meddling mage and historic because they just program those cards into the, yeah. Into the system. Now we've got Collected Company and Thoughtseize and Wrath of God. And it's crazy. I, I wonder how many times they'll actually have to do that. Like you said, doing like, you know, 10 to 15 at a time. How many more times will they have to do that before you, you know, bringing modern staples into historic before, you know, modern is basically on arena? It's probably not that many more times because if you think about it, a lot of the stuff in modern, you know, like the lands um, and, you know, some of the, you know, some of the bigger cards have been, you know, like a court of calling. Um, They're just they've been printed in the last few sets that are already on arena. Now, if you take 10 or 16 cards every Mm -hmm. few months and you throw them in historic and those 10 to 15 cards happen to be modern staples you probably ain't going to do that more than five or six times before the entire modern format is in historic i mean think about it can you think of 100 cards that are not currently on arena that are modern staples it, that you know what i mean like think of a hundred cards that aren't on arena yep. that are modern staples i think i think most of us could get a pretty pretty far down a list like that oh for sure i could probably name 50 or 60 yeah like, but then after that point, it's like, 
Well, not really. What decks am I not thinking of at yeah. this point? You I mean, know I know mean? people that are excited about playing Spirits on Historic because it's almost the modern Spirits deck. And you were saying, like, in Humans Historic, you're missing Aether Vial. Aether Vial and Thalia's Lieutenant. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So it literally, there's there's an entire Basically, Humans deck yeah. that they can... Uh, noble Hierarch yeah, and true. Champion of the Parish. So I might be a little bit fudging it, but that's four cards. Mm. And that's four cards, like literally one third of like one of these releases. And they can get all of humans, all of modern humans into historic. Yeah. I mean, and that doesn't, we're talking about like special releases, but they can also, they also do reprints in standard sets. Yeah. So we have uh, Zendikar return to return to whatever. Yeah. I don't even know. Fetch what lands. You have the fetch lands, the mm. shock lands. Nope. No fetch lands. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry. I'm talking the, about the new Zendikar set that's coming. Okay, they're they're pretty certain that they're not printing fetch lands yeah. into standard, but they could still introduce them slowly into into historic. You think they'll do that? Hmm. Or what if they did modern without fetch lands, introducing like those those cards in historic, but without the fetch lands? Well, they're like, let's just see how this goes. Yeah, I mean. So that's that's like your question about what's in Pioneer that isn't in or what's in modern that isn't in Pioneer. There's there's quite a bit, but Fetchlands is the big one. Yeah, Fetchlands, Blood Moon. I could see them doing Fetchlands on Arena just because there is no shuffling. Like that happens in the in the box. Yeah. But I think that they want to get away from that in general. Yeah, I think initially it made sense at the time because you had a, like a lot of I mean, the time they printed Fetchlands, that was they were still doing like the the ranked, um, like you would be ranked in your state for like, it, yeah, it was like the old school style of Magic: The Gathering, where like if 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 it wasn't worth your your risk of going and playing a tournament, you know, for losing your position, you just wouldn't play. So it encouraged people to not play, which is why they switched away from that system. But that's when Fetchlands came out originally, like in the onslaught block and all of that. That's they still had that that sort of setup. Yeah. So you had very mathematically calculating people that were playing the game that were like, okay, I can rip a land out of my deck, and you know that makes my odds of drawing this better. So like, I seriously think they were pandering to that with those. And now it's like, okay, well, the consistency of Magic is a lot better now too. So do we really need fetch lands? Hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's also something that they're thinking of. Like it, that it is, is interesting. It is very awkward to have a lot of people like, you know, running lands like that. If you're a new player, I wonder if that's why we haven't seen very many fantastic cantrips hmm. because you don't need to, to tear through your deck to get to the four really good cards. Like, okay, I got four Jaces and some counter spells and a bunch of other stuff. I got to get to those cards. So I'm going to play a bunch of cantrips that just get me to the good cards. Right. It's more like, let's play the game and actually rely on the goodness of the of the deck in, in general. I can see that, man. I can see it kind of, you know, moving towards something like that. But either way. But either way. Modern is coming, coming to, coming to arena. arena. Well, and... and <laughs> Certainly Pioneer. So I'm intrigued, and I know that our fantastic listeners will comment and say, hey, this is a card that is on Arena right now that isn't in Pioneer. Um, Muxus, Goblin Grandy. There you go. The Jumpstart stuff that is on Arena is not Pioneer legal, if it wasn't already. What? Wow. Yeah. So Jumpstart in a paper set was was a specialty set that added cards to Legacy Vintage Commander. Yeah. Or the set that they were or the the format that they were already legal in. Yeah. And that's on that whole set is on historic. So Solvala, Heart of the Wilds. Mm-hmm. That was from Conspiracy. That's not in Pioneer, but you can play that on Arena. Huh. Yeah. I mean, so that's, I'm just, that's the one that just came to my head. Right. But I mean, I mean, even thinking like that, right? Let's say we take the fetch lands out and they never bring those to historic or, or whatnot, right? 
Like that just makes it even quicker that they can bring the entire modern format with the exception of fetch lands and certain cards to historic. And how about this too? Think of this. The, that is sort of a esoteric name. Historic. Historic, right? Like think about this legacy, vintage, historic. That fits a lot more than modern. It sure does. Like, so I'm wondering, like, they could really go back with this. They could bring in cards into this format that aren't even legal and modern. You know what I mean? Like, they could bring Wasteland to this. You know? They, like, they could do some crazy, crazy shit with this. So, so Magma Quake. What was that printed in besides the commander said, the commander printing that they're showing here? Magma Quake deals X damage to each creature without flying in each planeswalker for double red and X. I have no idea what that was printed in. So live vicariously through us listeners. Uh, I think the problem with the stream might've been my internet. My internet's being weird. Oh, is it? Yeah. Apologies. If you got like a million notifications that we went live on this day. <laughs> so magma quake was magma quake was printed in M 13. So that is in modern. Yep. That looks like that was the last like legit, legit standard printing. printed. Yep. So that is in modern, but is not in pioneer mm-hmm. and is on arena. Wow. <laughs> also, what about the dual caster mage too? Was that one that was, is that in pioneer? It's definitely in historic, right? Because I saw some combo deck running the, uh, the quasi duplicate and dual caster mage. And I thought that was so cool. Um, but yeah, it's just another one of those things. I think it was printed in a commander set. I don't think it was ever in standard, was it? Uh, yeah, who knows? But either way, you're right. Like they just keep they they keep bringing these uh, cards. Phyrexian Tower is that legal in modern? Hell no, hell no. I don't think it is. Right? I'm I, I'm I pretty sure <laughs> if that was legal in modern, people would be running that yeah. card. Exactly. I feel like that's, that's too broken not to run in modern if it was legal. Phyrexian Tower. Yeah, we're looking it up right now. We are fact-checking ourselves, baby. Yep. Um, uh, sets and legality. Yep. It is. Legacy the, Vintage Commander. Yep, it's definitely not modern. It doesn't say historic here. I think pretty soon we're going to see historic listed on. Oh, for sure, man. For sure. Because that, that's. Gather. So, yeah, this is in historic, right? Phyrexian Tower? Oh, yeah. Yep. This is this is exactly what they're doing. Tell me this isn't what they're doing with historic. Like they're making an, an eternal format that is the best of the best in in exactly. all of these. So you you we you might very well see basically all of modern come to this format. And in, the best parts not of legacy. Too long. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't really take much. So all of the people that are like, yeah, they're never going to bring modern. It's too much programming. Just think of all of the art that they would have to make. Nah, they have to make 15 cards at once and bring some of the best modern staples back every few months. Is Chromatic Sphere and Pioneer? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. God, man. Yeah. So you're looking up historic decks right now? Yeah. So I'm on Goldfish. We're looking at historic deck lists. My God. What are the, wow, this breakdown is pretty dope too. It tells you like percent of the metagame. Teamer Reclamation is 10%. Something's going to catch a ban from that. Jund Sacrifice. All of this stuff is from recent, recent sets. Yeah, and they're just throwing like Phyrexian Tower in Sacrifice. God damn, that's so good. Um, God, that's so good. Do you think they're bringing all of these cards back into historic, like all of these these modern staples, just because they're sick of banning cards and they're sick of like taking cards out? So they're just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's that's right. All of these recent decks that are pretty broken are in here. How about we just shake it up and add some collected company, some well, thoughtsies? I, I think that they know that most players like the client better. Like they want to get away from Moto. Yeah. So it they're they are totally incentivized as much as people are impatient about them doing it. Like people want wanted Pioneer on Arena at launch. Mm. That's just not reasonable. But if you look at the rate that they've added cards, 
in the last year, I mean, I know Moto uh, Arena now has been around probably close to two years from the public beta to now. What's it going to be? Another two years before, like you said, the top 100 cards from Modern, the top 100 cards from Pioneer, they can be on Arena in two years. At, oh, yeah. I mean, at the very most. Like, I mean, all it's going to take is for them to just get impatient and be like, all right, here's 25 cards this time of like, you know, and it's not much. Yeah. It's not much, but it only takes a, cu- a few, a handful of times of them doing that before you have an entire format. Or them just to decide, hey, we're going to release double, double, double masters n- a year from now. <laughs> and it's double, double masters because every card in this master set is going live on Arena. Oh, man. And you can draft it. Oh, man. Yeah. I I mean, that's this is interesting. I'm really curious to see where this goes with Historic. I mean, if that is their, their goal, I say great. More power to them. Do it. But do you think the goal is to, to main... Are they going to maintain standard, historic, pioneer, modern... Legacy, vintage... Legacy and Vintage, they don't care about Yeah, they've kind of let those go anyway. Yeah. I mean, they throw you a bone in a Commander product or in a in a something like a Conspiracy set. Yeah. But, well, and, and I say that as they're getting ready to release the Commander-focused product that's going to put the most new cards probably into Legacy and Vintage that have, that have happened in years. That'll be nice. But they're they're not worried about people playing that. They're not. Yeah. When was the last time you? I mean, Underworld Breach was banned in Vintage not that long ago. But I mean, even that was pre-pandemic, so I haven't heard anything about Vintage or Legacy in six months. Yeah, that's a format that people almost entirely played online. Oh yeah, through um through Moto. Yeah, Moto. Because your your dual lands were like ten tickets as opposed to four hundred dollars. Yeah, don't get me started. That's that's I think that that's my next my next phase of the evolution of Necrosar. Oh yeah, it's gotta be, dude. Getting the dual lands. You gotta do it. You gotta do it now. By the way, Brad just picked up a wheel of fortune, man, for his collection. I did friggin' right. The card you've been looking for in Nekusar for so long. Yeah. On the reserve list, it's getting increasingly harder to hunt down. This guy got one. Thanks to the help of some good friends. Yes. Yep. Thanks to uh, first guest ever on the podcast, actually. Waldo. Waldo Mar. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he knew that I was interested, and he said, let me look at your trade binder. I'll find, I'll find enough stuff. Good dude. Remarkably, he was able to. He yeah. is a great dude. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good card. In case you guys don't know, Wheel of Fortune is uh, a show that I was on. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> this is also it's true. Also don't true. Don't hurt yourself uh, pat, patting yourself on the back, though. <laughs> but it's a, uh, a three-mana card, one red, two colorless, and it just says all players discard their hands and draw seven new cards. So when you're running Nekusar and you're punishing people for drawing cards with direct damage, God, it's so good. I mean, and he just put Mana Crypt in that deck, too, so he can turn one, land, Mana Crypt, Wheel of Fortune, and just rack his opponent's hands. Think about that. You have to discard your hand and draw seven new ones, turn one, turn zero. Before you even lay a land down, you might get land screwed in that hand, and there's nothing you could do about it. That's so broken, man. I've uh, Well, I have been playing the same Commander deck for, I don't know, four years, five years, Mm -hmm. and... I have like made some upgrades to the deck and I've put some foils in the deck, but I have never tried to make it competitive. Like I've never said, okay, what do I have to do to this deck so that it wins consistently? And I'm always, I always find myself like, I'm I'm one turn away from, from winning the game or, or one resolved spell away from winning the game. And Muller always has a force of negation or something for, (laughs) There was a kitty. I know, man. She was. She got right up here. We were, we were calling her up here before. I think she's still skittish. She doesn't know if she she can get up here. She hasn't learned the intro to the podcast yet, even after you did it four times earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's gonna need some practice. So speaking of speaking of reprints, I know. So we didn't want to go right into 
double master stuff because we've talked about double masters for like the last it's three getting weeks. old right it's getting old but you know what's not getting old cheap prices oh yeah uh these things are available online they're available on, on the facebook pages they're available on ebay i'm i'm saying this right now now is not the bottom for the regular pack rares and and uncommons mm-hmm but if you want if you want the special tasty items, I think in the next week to week and a half is your time to buy. Oh, for sure. Before they start going up. This was a super hype product. Everybody ordered as much as they got. The stores are not getting any more for a considerable period of time. When they do come out with, with a second wave, it's not going to be as big as the first. And those most of the people that are cracking this stuff want to keep the cards. Yeah. Or or they're pitching them right now to recoup their money. Oh, for sure. So those we talk about sometimes there are the people that really want to sell their cards and the people that, that kind of don't want to sell their cards. Uh, avid listener of this cast, good friend of the podcast, uh, Jason Clark. He had some stuff. He immediately flipped three or four cards, paid for all of the rest of his cards are free. That's so nuts. But I mean, I just, I can't get behind this being the bottom. Like, look at, look at Force of Will here. $94, $95 here. For the regular pack. For the regular, like, Force of Will from the pack. You can't tell me that's the, that's the bottom. No, and, and that's, like, so, that's what I was saying. Like, the regular stuff that you're going to get in packs. Yep. I think I think there's still time for those to go down. I don't think now is like the time to jump on those. Mm. I think that they'll be as available in a month as they are now. But what I don't think, I don't know that the borderless sort of feast and famine, sadly, is going to get a whole lot cheaper. Oh, for sure. And this this might be one of those things that in in a month. I'm I'm on my hands and knees saying, please forgive me because you spent $108 on this card and it went down to 90. Yeah, I wouldn't do it, dude. Like I, those are going down so much more, dude. This, this set was, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I think like, which ones were rarer? The non-foils or were those the ones that the non-foil box stoppers were technically more rare? Was that what it was? there's there's some uncertainty about that. Okay. But but that was an operating theory by many people on Reddit and on mm-hmm. Twitter that the non-foils were actually going to be more rare because they didn't print as much of it as they were going to and, and that Watsu was really trying to push the VIP thing. Yep. Uh, but you could only get the foils in the VIP boosters. You can only get the non-foils in a box. Yeah. Interesting, right? So, yeah. But if you're, I mean, even if you just think of the regular versions of these, right? Like, I mean, what, a month ago, you would have to pay 80 bucks, 75, 80 bucks for a regular Stoneforge. And now you can get this friggin' borderless full art one right here. really that much? I think they went up to that high. I mean, that was the peak, like the absolute peak. But they still kind of hovered around like sixty-five bucks, and now you can get a borderless full art for cheaper than that was. Just think about the original cards, like what that original Stoneforge has gone down to. Like, let's check that out. Like, what is that at? Well, like the original printing of Stoneforge. Yeah, or like yeah, or even I'm not sure if it was reprinted after that before this set was it. Um. Some special promo, I know, was. but Yeah, because we, t- we talked about the... Why do you keep doing that? Uh... But my point is, like, the original cards... Yeah, look at this, dude. You can get them as low as 26 bucks, 24 bucks. Man, they really don't like those judge promos. Yeah, judge promos for 15 Oh my God, dude. That's what I'm talking about is if you're just trying to thing for me to get right. Like if you're just trying to pick these up for your collection, dude. Oh, look at the grand prix promo. What? Oh man. That's interesting. Okay. So this doesn't actually exist. Okay. Uh, There's no listings. 
Okay. That that makes way more sense. All right. But so, still, yeah, thirty the Grand bucks. Prix promo is they're saying it's listing at the same. And again, I use T- TCG Player because it's easy. But that it's basically the same price as the regular yeah. World Wakes. God, that's so nuts, man. So what I'm saying is, if you need these cards in your collection and you like want to play them, you don't care what they look like such as me like i'm that type of player i don't care if i got three cards that look different and you know two that look the same you know you're killing me i don't care like i just want them so i can say that i can play with them you know what i mean and this would be the time like those cards now everyone's trying to recoup their investments like what you're talking about So you think you think that the double masters stoneforge Mm -hmm. 2413 proportionally is still going to drop further than that sword. Um, I, I mean, I think it'll drop proportionally, but you got to think of it this way is people aren't thinking about these cards right now. The fact that there is such a difference in the original version of that and you know, the, the uh, new printings of it should tell you something. It should tell you that the new ones are overpriced. You know what I mean? It should tell you that there's there's an option. Someone can get a pretty comparable one for a lot cheaper. So, like, it, no matter what, like, you're always going to have those players like me out there that are just like, I just want to play it. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I just want to play it. I don't care what I pay for it. Like, I just want to play it. So, Well, that's what I'm saying. So are people looking now at the World Wake one that's 32 and just saying, oh, give me the $25 Double Masters one? Probably, yeah. I mean, hell, so, I would. So if people are buying them at 25 because the other printings are more expensive, they're going to stay at that price. The the uh, recent printings? Right. Or- so the Double Masters is right here for 24.13. Oh, yeah. Right? And then the World Wake is right next to it for 32. Right. Which one is going to sell more copies? Oh, for sure it's going to be the Double Masters. Okay, so then why would anybody lower their price? Well, because what we're talking about is like the, this, you see what I mean? Like, yeah. Okay. The, what I mean by original printings, I'm sorry. I, I kind of phrased that wrong is like the standard art. You know what I mean? Like the not so flashy stuff. Okay. So you're talking about this versus yes. the box top. Right? Yes. That's I'm, I'm okay. sorry. So like this stuff right here and you know, versus this right here. Yeah, exactly. I would buy this all day. Like if I didn't care, because if I really cared and I wanted to foil, I'm going to buy something that's way more expensive you know, way more flashy. If I wanted to foil out my deck, this is going to drop in price. You see, you can see it already as low as 26 bucks. Yeah. Market price of 32, but as low as someone's catching on to that. And they're like, yeah, okay. Everyone's going to buy this. I'm just going to put a little premium over here. Mm. They're catching on to it already. Well, these are perfect, perfect substitutes. Exactly. Go back to something that we talked about many podcasts ago. Yeah. Like the world wake stone forge is a perfect substitute for the double masters, Stoneforge and vice versa. Right. So if they both serve exactly the same function and they even have the same art, the the market of Andrew Mishads that that want the little World Wake symbol on it and are willing to pay $10 more a copy are few and far between. Oh, for sure. I mean, I can understand some certain cards like Force of Will. You can't really make that same comparison because the original art is far mm. different than anything they've ever made. It's iconic. It's sort of like the Tarmogoyf conundrum, right? Like the original Tarmogoyf art has never been reprinted and it's very iconic. You know, so a lot of people desire that. It's actually maintained a higher price through all of its from, reprintings. From the from the time spiral or whatever? The uh, the, the, the uh, future site. Future site, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's consistently uh, maintained a higher price. Yeah, yes. well, and part of that is that whole card frame. Right. Yeah, the card frame is nuts. Just the esoteric nature yeah. of the picture. Like, what the I hell actually is that like thing? the Modern Masters art better yeah. than the original. But that card frame, oh, that's spicy. Man, I, I, I like the art better in Tarmogoyf, the original Tarmogoyf. It's just... That's that's the I classic. Have no player idea what's yeah. It's, I have it, no it, idea what's going on in that art. Exactly. That's the thing. You have no idea what it is. It's an enigma. And suddenly you're getting cracked for five damage for two mana. You're like, what the hell just happened? Like, what is this thing? Like, it just sums up the card perfectly. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, I'm glad I didn't have any, uh, 
distasteful tabs open. <laughs> um, and then you have the Ultimate Masters art. That's a whole another ball of wax. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I will be surprised if this drops more than, say, 25% of where it is. Oh, for sure. But and, and I guess uh, I'm sorry. I, I take that back. I think that this may may we're looking right now at the regular printing rare copy of Stoneforge Mystic. They're saying market price is twenty four dollars. Mm-hmm. I will be surprised if this goes down another twenty five percent. Could be totally wrong. Yeah, uh, blue white is doing well, so that that factors in a lot. But the actual promo printing, the borderless one, I don't think is going to drop 25%. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think all of these special versions are probably going to stay there for a while. They definitely will drop. But what I'm saying is, like, if you're just trying to pick them up for your collection, go get the regular-ass version of these that, like, no one's focusing on right now. You're just like, oh. I mean, I, we even saw it in your video. You remember that? You just cracked a regular Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> You're yes, like, oh, I yeah, I just cracked it. about it. Yeah. You're just well, like, I oh, cracked a stone forge here. Like, okay, pack was all right. It's like, if that would have just been any other pack and stone forge would have happened to have been in it. I would have been pretty excited. Right. You've been like, oh, my God. But no one's focusing on those. Like the regular printings. It's all about these full arts, these foils. Like, I see where we're having a disconnect in this conversation. I agree. We've, we've talked a lot in the last few weeks. If, oh, yeah. if you want to add cards to your collection and you don't care about the printings, those are the copies to get. The The cheaper in-the-pack Stoneforge Mystic is going to save you money. Are you saying buy that this week, next week, or three weeks from now? Um, well, that's a good question. I'm saying keep your eyes on it. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, that's hedging bets. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying uh, this could, I'm saying it could be a sign that like the prices will drop even more like you know what i mean it's i think those those cards might be maintaining some of their price because of the overinflation of these other cards it suggests that there's more out there there's options and if you think about it this way people will buy those cheaper versions right Mm -hmm. as opposed to the higher priced ones if they're just looking to get them in their collection and the price of the high-end ones will go down. And then the cycle repeats itself. Because in theory. The, uh, the, uh, the price of the higher ones goes down, right? And it, it, it won't ever match the regular one. But then if people are like, you know, they'll, they'll, the same players as me will be like, okay, so I can buy a regular Stone Forge for this, or for $5 more I can buy the foil full art like yeah absolutely absolutely i'll buy that and then it will kind of balance out and drop a little more that's what that's all i'm saying is like there's i think we're seeing the start of a weird cycle that's going to happen right here where like they people have options and they're going to buy the cheaper ones that no one's focusing on which will drop the price of the higher ones and you know of these of these special edition ones and it's just going to be this weird trickle down cycle until it met you know until it gets to a real price point in my opinion this is what i say Keep your eyes on it until the foil version of that card, right? Until the foil version of it is worth about double the regular version of it. And then at that point, it's probably correct. Like it's probably at its correct price point. That would just be my, my like anecdotal. That's probably where I would be. Okay. This is, this is leveled out and this is, this is perfect. So obviously the Snapcast podcast is not a, a hard, a hard, fast data podcast. <laughs> We've done some some data digging on our picks, but I also think in this set we're looking at something that they've never really done before. And so, in a regular set, maybe that would be true where there's a masterpiece version in there. But in those cases, those masterpieces are a little bit more. Well, I would say substantially more rare than other versions of the card. So like if we go back to Kaladesh and we talk about uh, Torrential Gear Hulk, Torrential Gear Hulk was a mythic in the set. Torrential Gear Hulk also had an invention masterpiece edition that nobody really wanted to open, but 
that in this product, you have people that are buying a $100 box specifically to get specific foil cards that yeah. they want. All of the foil uncommons are going to tank because every one of those VIP boosters has eight foil uncommons. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you've ever wanted basalt monolith, get your damn f first time ever printed in foil basalt monoliths. Uh, they might get cheaper next week. They're cheap enough right now. Yeah. I think that these are not going to track the same way that you've historically seen them. I mean, you could be right. You could be I, right. I think if we were to look at, and, and maybe we can, we can take some notes and say, okay, the, the foil Stoneforge Mystic Borderless right now is $63. What do we looked at the other one? It was 25 As a percentage, how much more do they each have to drop? Because... 20% official guess. <laughs> okay that's fair i don't i don't think that these borderless ones are going to get much cheaper i think that the other versions are yep. so if you want the regular and this is brad if you want to follow brad's predictions if you want the regular stoneforge mystic wait two weeks yeah wait three weeks yep. if you want the promos the difference between, I think the difference between the price now and three weeks is not going to be as drastic. Yeah. So you might pay $5 more, but you know that you got it and you got it right away, which, you know, I'm impulsive. I think it is just as likely that this goes down $10 as it is up $10 when we do the podcast next week. Interesting. We're going to have to keep an eye on it, man. I'm so pumped. So pumped to see how our predictions pan out here. Pumped predictions pan, pan out. This has been fun, man. It is sure always has. fun. You have been listening to the Snapcast podcast with Mike Cooley, C O O O L E Y, on Twitch and YouTube. And Twitter. And Twitter. That's right. Uh, if you if guys haven't already, smash that subscribe button for us. Really helps us out in these YouTube algorithms, especially after we probably just spam the internet with so many attempts to go live here. We appreciate all the support you want to give us. We really do. Uh, spread the podcast. Not the, the plague. plague.